Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Black and Abdallah, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Here on ESPN 1000, Tyler Aki filling in for Abdallah this evening. Talking to you at 312-332-3776. You know, Tyler, also uh, on tonight's show, we have Charlie Bevins and Kevin Zipak producing tonight's show. Mm-hmm. And, and we filled in the audience on Friday night. We'll, we'll get back to the phone calls on the Super Bowl and the Chicago Bears in just a second. But we told the audience on Friday night that we were putting together a uh, producer's night out. Uh, the whole crew, you know, voices you hear on this show. Uh, whoever it is, uh, we got Jack, we got Jake, uh, Charlie, Kevin, Tyler, Black, Abdallah, Shay. We're, we all got together. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a night out on Friday. Yeah. Uh, I, I figured it, it'd be nice to uh, maybe hand out some helmet stickers oh, from the evening. Because, all right. You know, we're football fans. We both love college football. Yes, we and, do. You know, like, it, it was a good night. I, I think uh, I think everyone enjoyed themselves uh, on our night uh, on Friday evening. Had a fantastic time. Yeah. Um, Lots to recap. <laughs> well, Lots we we to recap. we we, uh, we started off at Kincaid's, mm-hmm. and if you've ever gone out here in the city of Chicago, and you know that that's your starting point, that that's mm-hmm. probably going to lead to a good night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we spent some time at Kincaid's. Uh, I think uh, it was Charlie was the the master of uh, the buckets. Were were you the one that was uh, ordering up the buckets there, Charlie? Yeah, everybody paid you me know, back. You so, good. Yeah. yeah. Good. I did not pay you back because I didn't have you any of the... You started a tab. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, was, I took care of myself. <laughs> I was go. good. But I, I, just, I probably figured you, you picked up on that, but... All right, good. So we, we all had a great time. I think Charlie deserves a helmet, helmet sticker because uh, you, sir, were... Um, just I, a I helmet it, sticker. I'm yeah. giving him a whole ass trophy. I mean, like, at <laughs> one point, you, you took every drink on the table and you finished it. He was the vacuum. Yeah, Abdallah was just handing them to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, and we thought that was funny because you just kept drinking them. Yeah, I wasn't feeling great <laughs> six hours later. I think best music... I'm going to give Charlie another helmet sticker for best musical performance as well. Slap it on. Um, the When um, the Black Parade came on at our, our next spot, where, where was, was the next place? That we was Marquee Char- Lounge. Marquee Lounge, that's right. And Charlie... Here's the song, and then like the drums start going, and he takes his shirt, puts it over his mouth, and starts drinking the beer through his shirt. I I, I don't know. I'm I've unfamiliar. never seen that. I'm unfamiliar with this move. You never seen it? Never seen well, it. I'm so unfamiliar what, with when this the one. Capitals won the cup, he took his jersey and then drank a beer that way. Why? So, th- so that's what you were know. doing on I Friday thought it was night? Really, I, I thought it was really cool once I first saw that, and I'd always wanted to try it. <laughs> it I was, did, in fact, very cool. I did <laughs> see cool move. that your mom replied to the video and yes, said, is this a nod to TJ Oshie or something like yeah. that? I wouldn't say it was a nod to TJ Oshie, but it was certainly inspired by him. So is this like a family uh, inside joke that, that you guys all remember this? No, she just, for whatever reason, like, that just clicked <laughs> in her head, apparently. <laughs> She solved that one. All right, good, good. Uh, Kevin, any thoughts from the evening? Uh, no, not really. I mean, you guys pretty much covered it. I think Charlie was the star of the show. Uh, it was a good time. Uh, everybody was all copacetic. Shay and I did not 
engage oh, in that's fisticuffs. That's right. Yeah, we, we thought you it guys was all cordial. You guys a lot of were people trying fight. to figure that out on Twitter. Yeah, well, what was the deal? You you guys have you a guys rivalry. Sport. You guys are going to fight. It's a friendly point? rivalry. Best okay. part of that just, picture was yeah. Jack McGrath in the back, looking like uh, <laughs> looking like Kevin in Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, let, let's give Jack a helmet sticker. Yeah. Slap on a helmet sticker. That's good for. Yeah, I love that. You're right. The the picture in the background, afraid that that Shay and Kevin are going to grapple in the middle of the bar. Oh, that was good. That was good times. Uh, and then uh, late night Taco Bell, I'll never pass up. And and I, I think the fact that uh, we all got there, we're able to get our tacos, then uh, carry on with the rest of the evening. That, that was fantastic. A little scary, well. but I overcame. See, I don't understand. I was listening to you guys on uh, Saturday afterwards, which I got to yeah. give you props, uh, making it into work after the night that we had, since some people didn't. <laughs> Did not sure. go to my de-escalation trip. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. You didn't make it to your other job. It is, is what it was optional. Yeah, well, but I did say I was going to make it. Sure, but uh, I did not. I will give credit to those who work here on Saturday because they all made it in. Justin made it in. You mm-hmm. guys made it in for the show. Uh, so it, I, I was listening. I don't understand. You, you, you went to a Taco Bell once before, and you. There were weird vibes happening. Yeah. So you, you associate there that with ghosts. ghosts? No, like things were moving and stuff. Like there were ghosts <laughs> there. I'm um, just you're gonna have to take my word for it. There were ghosts. All right. Well, yeah. You very br- helmet sticker for Tyler. Slap it on there because he went into the Taco Bell. He mm-hmm. thought Taco Bells. All of them had ghosts. They do not. Yeah. So I was proud of you. Thank on, you. Uh, Friday night. It was a good time. It's a great time. Uh, Coley in Milwaukee. You're on ESPN 1000. Black and Aki. What's up, Coley? <laughs> Hey, fellas, I, I want to go back to the draft. Uh, I'm going to start with Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Pratt. Yeah. Um, I, as a, as, as, I'm a cheesehead. Neither of us had a dog in a fight. We're looking forward. I think the draft will line up defensively late. I know you guys need a quarterback. I know a receiver. But as we look at it, we're thinking defense. And I always, I love your show. I love your show. I, I want the second opinion. I want to hear from you. And I think the run, you, you mentioned uh, the uh, Raiders, Denver, um, Chicago, uh, New England, Washington. I think there's going to be a run on quarterbacks like you've never seen. There are two Heisman Trophy winners in this draft. And we're, I think we should still, you know, Stick towards defense for us personally. Y'all need offense. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. Thanks for the call, Coley. I, I think what he was referring to with the Raiders and the Broncos, we are talking about, we were having a conversation earlier about Justin Fields, landing spots for Fields. Today, the Steelers have released Mitchell Trubisky. Shout out to uh, all those who celebrate uh, Mitchell Trubisky's uh, fine football catalog. Trubisky truthers out there. Uh, mainly David Kaplan. Uh, 
Congratulations to them. Your player has been cut from a team in the National Football League. But Tyler, uh, with that news, it seems like Pittsburgh is a, a viable, a viable option for uh, perhaps Justin Fields to land here in this offseason. They want to bring in competition. Who knows what the how the quarterback board will shake out for them by the time they're drafting. I believe they're 20th in the first round. So they are probably going to miss out on the quarterbacks, at least the ones that are really worth investing in, to bring in as competition. Because remember, that's about where they picked Kenny Pickett a couple years ago. You don't want to draft quarterbacks at 22 times in a span of, what is that, three years? That's not a, a great method of business there. So... When all of that gets put together, yeah, like they're a team that kind of could be on the outside looking in from the draft standpoint. Who knows what the appetite is for one of these free agent quarterbacks, whether it's Baker, whether it's Kirk Cousins or any of that. Justin Fields just might be their best option because among trade candidates for quarterbacks, Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, I think Justin's probably number one. When you consider salary, when you consider youth, all of that. Well, I I think also consider, I think he can be good. You know, like, I I think what's getting lost in all of this looking ahead at the number one pick conversation is people are assuming that if you state that you think the Bears should use the number one pick on Caleb Williams, that you think Justin Fields sucks. That's not the case. He can be a good quarterback. And that's why he is likely to be an upgrade for many of these teams. Now, whether or not they're willing to move a second-round pick or even more to go get him is a different conversation. But I think Fields can be good. I, I've been on this station saying throughout the season, with that defense and the way that they're playing at the end of the season, I could see a team that wins with Fields as their quarterback. Unfortunately, every time we give them the opportunity to kind of prove it, He has one good game, then not a great game. One good game, not a great game. And essentially, that Packers game did it in for me, where I finally said, you know what? We need an upgrade at the position if we want this team to be at the highest level. Because look across the field. Jordan Love figured it out in this season. Yes. And and the fact that Jordan Love is now a a rising star at the quarterback position uh, with your rival, and you have a guy that's taken three years to just kind of get to the – even keel spot of like, yeah, sometimes he's okay, but can we do it? Well, we need the defense to be great. I want a quarterback who can go out there and win a game. Does he suck? No. Fields is a good quarterback. Solid, and, yeah. And I think that's why he, he would be an upgrade in Pittsburgh. I think he'd be an upgrade possibly in Las Vegas with the Raiders. Denver, he might be an upgrade because I don't think Russell Wilson has it anymore. Minnesota. What happens with Kirk Cousins? Is Minnesota an option? Yeah. We kind of ran through all the different teams last week, and we were looking at it and saying, you know, New England needs a quarterback. Will they take one, or or is Fields an upgrade? Tennessee. Is Will Levis the guy, or is Fields an upgrade to Will Levis? And then Atlanta. Their pick at eight. What do they do with this situation? So there's a lot to kind of cover with Justin Fields. I don't think he stinks. I think he will be pretty good with someone. That's the forgotten part of this entire conversation is, you know, there's a way both sides win, right? The Bears can go out and get Caleb Williams or whoever in the draft, and they go off and be a superstar. And there's a way Justin Fields finds his change of scenery and goes out and becomes a great quarterback as well. Both things can be true. There is no monopoly on the amount of good quarterback play that there can be in the NFL. No, 
multiple guys can succeed, and that's part of what gets lost in here. But the Bears, looking at the situation that they're in, and we hear everything about this being a unique situation with them, in the sense that you've got the number one overall pick. It's not by your own doing. You're a seven-win team from the year before. And, oh, by the way, there is a lot of good quarterback prospects in this draft. You can reset that clock financially for yourself. And for Justin Fields, he can go out there on a prove-it year, play really well, and make himself a big bag of money coming up in a little bit. You know, you look at a quarterback like Geno Smith. I would not be surprised whatsoever if Justin Fields has a type of career that Geno Smith has had. He busted out of New York. Yeah, He was terrible with the Jets. He bounced around from the, the Jets to the Giants to the Chargers and finds himself in Seattle, and it takes a year or so. And then he starts, and he starts playing well. At age 32, he throws for 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He follows it up this past season with 20 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Justin Fields, a few years down the road and maybe a couple different spots, starts playing good football. I, it wouldn't surprise me. It's just there's something to when he gets back there and he has to make a decision, the decision doesn't happen quick enough. And, and the athleticism can't always save him. And he does, he's not willing to fire it away. And I think that's the difference between you watch enough of Caleb Williams play football, he'll throw it. Yeah. Now, whether or not he'll be able to hold on to the ball in the pocket, uh, limit the fumbles, not freelance as much, understand that living to play another down is okay in the NFL, I think that's going to be the key to Caleb becoming a really good quarterback and not just an average guy who has a lot of potential. But I think the the floor is pretty low for Caleb to come in and play at Justin Fields' level yes. of football. Mm-hmm. I think it's certainly something he can do this this upcoming football season. I think the other you bring up the the stuff with Geno Smith. I wonder if the best course of action for Justin Fields moving forward is to take a year as a backup. Because look at what it did for Baker. Look at what it did for Geno. And think about both of those teams. Those were both teams that went to the playoffs in their first year with those respective quarterbacks. And you think about what happened with Geno that year. The Seahawks were supposed to be one of the worst teams in football. Like there was the debate going into that season that the Bears had the 31st worst roster in football and the Seahawks had the 32nd. The Seahawks elevated, made the playoffs. The Bucks. A lot of people thought they were going to be a prime contender to get the number one overall pick because of the way that the roster was constructed and they were going with a bridge quarterback in Baker Mayfield. Well, Baker just earned himself a nice contract with the way that he played this year. And Baker's a little bit younger. I'm wondering if sitting out for a year behind someone, maybe he doesn't win the battle in Pittsburgh. Maybe it is Kenny Pickett. I would personally rather have Justin Fields over Kenny Pickett, but maybe Kenny with familiarity with the coaching staff and the weapons and all that looks better in training camp and he wins the position. But I think it might help Justin Fields if he can just take a year, sit back, watch everything. Because what was one of the things that helped him this year? He sat out when he was injured for a couple weeks, and he looked much better when he came back. Was it up to the standard enough to keep him? Probably not, but he still looked like an improved quarterback because the beginning of the year was atrocious. That's Tyler Aki. I'm Chris Black. It's Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. Tyler's filling in for Adam tonight. Coming up next, I have my top five Bears storylines for the offseason. I'll give him the Tyler. He'll tell me if I'm right or wrong. Coming up next. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. 
Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. There are my top five Bears storylines for the offseason. The Super Bowl was last night. Kansas City wins it 25-22. Mahomes gets his third Super Bowl trophy. And now the NFL offseason begins. Tyler Aki's filling in for Abdallah tonight. Blocking Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. All right, Tyler, I want you to tell me uh, whether or not I'm right or wrong with these uh, right. top five storylines for the Bears offseason. Number five, the Bears need to find a replacement for Eddie Jackson at, Jackson at mm-hmm. safety. Uh, at the end of the season, he, he was not very good. No, I think the writing's on the wall that the Bears are going to be looking to improve on that spot. Everywhere else in the secondary Young blood, young guys who are improving. Yeah. I think Eddie Jackson's spot will be uh, addressed. I'm going to put that at number five. I like that. I think you, everyone saw the cryptic Instagram posts and tweets and all that stuff, and I think it is pretty much uh, official at this point that he will no longer be a Bear. Top five storylines for the Bears here in the offseason. Number four will be the new offense under Shane Waldron. I think there's going to be a lot of conversation about, like, do these, piss, these pieces fit? Do, the, do they go after this guy because he'll fit in Shane Waldron's system? And then mm-hmm. once we get past the free agency period in the draft, obviously in the summer, a lot of the eyeballs when we head to training camp will be looking at how this new offense is coming along. So I'm going to put the new offense with Shane Waldron as number four. All right. I'm interested to hear the first three then because I would actually Ooh. bump that up a little bit. Ooh, number three, an upgrade at center. Mm-hmm. I think the offensive line is pretty good. I think all things considering, I think you got four pieces you can use and work with on the offensive line, but you absolutely have to upgrade at center. I think especially if you bring in a rookie quarterback as well, having a center that is trustworthy and that can you're not doing gymnastics to grab a snap is paramount. <laughs> I mean, they, like it's not all Justin Fields' fault. Think back to all the different times where the shotgun snap was botched. Because of, of whoever was in there. Right. Which, you know, injuries, non-injuries, the starter, backup, whoever it was. There was always an issue uh, with the center quarterback exchange. Number two, top five Bears storylines in the offseason. This is probably where the most intrigue will be since we are mostly Bears fans listening to the station. I think we all understand where this offseason is heading. But number two, I think, is important. The Bears need to find an edge rusher to be on the opposite side for Montez Sweat. We saw the difference that Sweat made the moment that Ryan Poles traded for him. If the Bears can find someone else to be that guy on the other side, this will be a top five defense in the National Football League next season. And it will be a defense that could carry a team into the playoffs, if not farther. So I think getting another edge rusher, finding that second piece to be on the other side for Montez Sweat, I think that is my number two storyline. I like that because the edge rusher is something that we talked about it last year when there was the conversation of the, of the Bears potentially trading back. Can you find a way to get Will Anderson? And he goes out and wins defensive rookie of the year, finding that edge presence. You went out, you got Montez Sweat th- this past year at the trade deadline, and now it's going to be, I think it gets addressed for sure. It's just a matter of where it gets addressed. Is it going to be free agency? Is it going to be in the draft? Maybe there's a trade somewhere. I don't know. But 
it's something that I definitely think Ryan Polds needs to upgrade at some point because all these great teams, they've got to. And if you look at it, you know, I'm primarily pointing to that ninth pick mm-hmm. that the Bears have, their own selection in the first round. Is that the spot? You know, you're right. In free agency, do they address it? Or do they use that ninth pick to someone like Dallas Turner fall to right. them? Uh, whoever might be available at that spot, is that where Ryan Poles goes and addresses that position? Because if you go back to last year, passing on um, Carter and then moving yeah. back to select right, you know, Carter had a great year. He's a disruptor on the defensive line. He's not an edge rusher, but an interior defensive lineman. So perhaps knowing that you're going to have the two picks again this year, maybe you use one of those picks for the edge rusher when you get to nine at the top of the draft. And the number one Bears storyline in the offseason, this is not um, meant to be a, uh, a hot take or something that was supposed to surprise you. We all know the number yeah. one storyline in the offseason. It will be the trade of Justin Fields and or drafting Caleb Williams or whatever the Bears do to mm-hmm. decide to do with that number one pick. If they decide to trade out of that number one pick and keep Justin Fields, that's the number one storyline of the offseason. That's not just the number one Bears storyline. That's the number one NFL storyline of the offseason because it is fascinating and the way that it's going to impact so many things across the league. Notably, where does Justin Fields end up? And then who does that maybe take off of certain draft boards? And how does the quarterback draft then go? Justin Fields kind of kind of holds the keys to the NFL offseason because he is going to cause a monster domino effect. We talked about it a little bit during crosstalk with Waddle and Sylvie, but I do think it happens sooner rather than later because that's probably going to be the first pivotal move that we see get made because you could agree to terms on a trade like that before we get to the official league year. You called it, Tyler. It's essentially the Super Bowl preview was the big story this weekend. Every secondary conversation was, what will the Bears do at number one? Will they trade Justin Fields? Yes. So so for us here, that that is the number one storyline as we head into this offseason. Uh, is there anything that I missed that perhaps should be in the top five? The only other one that I could think of that came to mind is... Actually, I've got two other ones. Do you get a long-term deal done with Jalen Johnson? And then how are you going to address your second wide receiver? What's going to happen with Darnell Mooney? Are you going to go out and draft a guy? Are you going to be in the market for maybe a T. Higgins or a Mike Evans or some sort of veteran receiver on the free agency market? Because, sure, it's, it's been nice to have DJ Moore, but he needs someone along him as well. You see every single great offense these days. They've got to significant pass catching options and upgrading that second receiver. Because right now, if the off season were to start today, your number two guy is Tyler Scott. And that needs a significant upgrade right now. You know, it's not like the, the number one needs it. The, the quarterback, whoever that is, mm-hmm. whether it's a rookie or it's Justin Fields, Justin Fields needs that. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're planning on building around Justin Fields, not yes. using that number one pick on a quarterback, he absolutely needs an upgrade for the second position as wide, at wide receiver. You know, because you're right. DJ Moore was fantastic. What a year for his first year in a Bears uniform. He's great. And I only think he's going to get better as he kind of um, develops in his own career path. But clearly, they need help at the w- wide receiver position. The long term deal with Jalen Johnson, 
I kind of view it as I think it's just going to happen, and I'm not really worried about it. You're right. It is going to be a big storyline when and if uh, the Bears do extend and, and come to an agreement on a long-term deal with Jalen Johnson. He's been one of the best corners in all of football the last couple of seasons, so he's deserving of it. Um, I kind of bake that into something that I just assume that he's going to be back in the mix for a while. I think he'll be back in the mix no matter what, but it comes down to is he going to be getting a contract or is he going to be franchise tagged? And what is that number if he does get the contract? Because if he doesn't get the contract and he is franchise tagged and they don't come to some sort of long-term agreement there, then we get into the whole um, holdout potentially in training camp and what's going to happen there. Yeah, and you never know. Sometimes that type of thing, even though guys in the locker room say they understand the business, sometimes that stuff sours a training camp. And well, especially it sours with like, so many young guys, too, and yeah, you're building in the right direction, right. especially on the defensive side of the and ball. And it sours some of the vibe heading into a season where, like, let's call it what it was. The start of last season was an absolute disaster for the Chicago yes. Bears. The way when we were all covering training camp, the conversation was competing last year. Yeah. So I, I, I do understand they finished seven and ten. Theoretically, you were competing at a different level than you did the year before. But the vibes that I picked up on when we were up at Hallis Hall for training camp was not that this team was just hoping to, to get to five hundred. They were hoping to really make noise and be like one of the surprise teams yeah. in the NFC in the entire league. And so you're right. When you're building with young players and it's a season where expected growth needs to take place, the bad vibes sometimes kind of could throw some things off. Uh, Charlie, Kevin, is there anything we missed with the storylines as we head into the Bears offseason? Anything you guys think I th- of? I, I, yeah, I, I, I think the receiver is the biggest question. I also I just think you need to upgrade the pass catching as a whole, and I do think something may need to be done to the running back room because I don't think there's a guy they love in there quite yet. And you look at some of the best teams; they at least have a a, a guy that they can trust on with the majority of the carries. Kevin, I think Khalil Herbert is perfectly reasonable if you're going to go with him and Roshan, and then you sign another guy off waivers. You get that mix that worked really well for them last year. I'm not that concerned. I am mostly focused on the offensive line, probably outside of the quarterback, of course. But I think the offensive line is really, really important, whether it is Fields or uh, a young quarterback either. Are you looking at more than just the center position? Or is it... I mean, I think at times last year, some people did overstate how much of a problem the offensive line was. I don't think it was one of the worst in the league. I just think that you look at every top team in the league and they all do the same thing. They all protect their quarterback. And I think that's one thing that they could increase maybe more than one spot center for sure. But I'm not saying don't look elsewhere as well. I also don't think it's possible to overinvest in the trenches. Love no, the that's trenches. certainly true, but of the trenches I'm with you, Charlie. I, I think that the drop off between Braxton Jones and whoever you would draft at an offensive tackle, because I'm assuming if you're going to upgrade the tackle, it's going to be with that ninth overall pick. Yeah. The drop-off between whoever you would draft to Braxton Jones is not nearly as significant as what the void you have at your second receiver right now with Tyler Scott versus whoever you would draft or, or sign. I could see that, especially that high in the draft. Some it's of those passable. guys that are up there mm-hmm. are, are just complete game-changers. So if there's somehow Malik Neighbors falls to you at nine or 
Roman Dunze is is there at nine, and you can solidify that spot and essentially yes. turn a guy that you draft in the top ten into a, a number one wide receiver, and you have two number ones. Like that's really going to help the young quarterback you draft and or Justin Fields. Top storylines as we head into the offseason for the Chicago Bears. If you want to join the conversation, you can call us at 312-332-3776. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Black and Abdallah are back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. On FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. Tyler Aki filling in for Adam Abdallah tonight here on Black and Abdallah. 6.30 to 8 on ESPN Chicago and the ESPN Chicago app. Tyler, uh, we were discussing uh, the, the Bears offseason. We were also talking about the Super Bowl. Kansas City beats the 49ers yesterday. Uh, your thoughts on commercials. Any commercials catch your, uh, catch your eye throughout the event? Because I said heading into the weekend that commercials for the Super Bowl used to be a big deal. Yeah, People uh, still hold on to this idea that there's great, funny, creative commercials. My whole point heading into the weekend is like, yeah, that was before like the dot com era and like the last 15 years. It's just celebrities in spots and they're not really that creative. Anything stand off to you? I didn't catch a lot of them because since we were hosting the Super Bowl at our place, it was like responsibility, a lot of of moving and shaking there. I'll set the oven to this. Oh, we need a paper towel here. All that stuff. So it wasn't a lot of commercial consumption for me. Um, but the few that I did, I did love, and they only played a condensed version, but they released the full version, the full two minute version of it on social media earlier in the week, the Paramount one. Okay. That one was great. Um, and then I also liked the Dunkin' Donuts one, um, with all the Boston people. You like that, huh? I did like that one. Yeah. Felt a little try hardish. A little try hard there. Even like the funny Super Bowl commercials to me have always felt try hard. Yes. Absolutely. Anytime you try to force comedy and advertising, it feels try-hard. Like a lot of people seem online to enjoy the Beyonce one, where that that felt very yeah. forced. The Beyonce yeah. spot, the Christopher Walken one, I think was at least somewhat creative. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was in another. It just it doesn't hit the way it used to. And I know I'm probably speaking to a generation of people who are not the the young people in the audience because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think most young people, when you get to commercial breaks, you, you look at your phone. Right. So, like, it doesn't even matter. It's, it's only if it's something that you saw populated online. Of the movie trailers that you saw, I will say this. I did seek out the Twisters one because that movie, Twister, was great in the 90s. And this actually looks somewhat promising that they're making a, a new version of Twister. I don't remember seeing any of the movie trailer ones. I mean, what else did I'm they trying, show? Um, um, I couldn't tell you a single movie trailer. That really? Released there, there were a yeah. few. No, I know I, there I were a few. During the commercial, I would though. catch like the back like five seconds of it, or like yeah. the first five seconds of it, and then I was moving. Was around. there not one for Dune too? No, there wasn't. There's not. Am I imagining that? I don't. Maybe, but there's been a lot of Dune two commercial spots everywhere else. Okay. Like, I've seen a lot of content about Dune 2. 
Even the popcorn buckets. I was going to say, they spent their marketing dollars on the, the popcorn bucket. They Kevin, didn't need a Super Bowl commercial. Kevin, are you into the popcorn bucket? Oof, kidding the, me? The make, make me act up. <laughs> I, I'd say that, like, okay, so you were, um, you were hosting. What was yeah. the spread? What did you have? We had pizza. We had, I, I thought about, I, I apologize for not pizza tweeting yesterday. Um, it's unbelievable. But you, you take at, a day off at I the mean, point at the point I was going to do it. At pizza that, doesn't take a day. No, off. I know it does a night of the it year. Is, it is pizza night of the year. Um, but at the point where we were at when I was about to, there were too many pieces taken from all the pizzas at that point where I would be giving you like two thirds of a pizza. That's and fine. I, I don't make an announcement. I don't like, hey, do not touch it. the pizza until I posted a picture of <laughs> no, because no. that is the that is the most pretentious possible thing you could say. <laughs> I need to tweet the pizza. Hold on, uh, phone needs first. I need to get a pic yeah. before I send this off. I, don't, I I had pizza last night. I saw it was, it was great. Looked it great. was delicious. Um, well, here's also, the thing. I now have pizza for like the next. Right. Three days. Oh, yeah. see that, which is that's, great. That's always a pro move, especially if you host. You yeah. you, you now have dinner served for the next week because yeah. people leave. You stuff, know how many people bags bring of Tostitos stuff? I have in my house right now? <laughs> Unopened Tostitos yes. bags, seven just for days. Probably yeah. seven, and probably the, the the jars of the salsa. The, the I don't think we got a lot of salsas. People made. <laughs> oh, dips, that's good. so there were like there's a right. chili cheese and stuff like that. So there were like. People made dips. Uh, the family had a party for a birthday party mm-hmm. that was yesterday. Yeah. I, I talked about this last yeah, week. Yeah. It just always seems to fall on Super Bowl Sunday. So I didn't go. Mm-hmm. It was great. Catch any backlash? No, I sat alone. I enjoyed the football game. I watched so much Super Bowl coverage yesterday. Yeah. I know people like it's it's in vogue to be like the Super Bowl coverage sucks. I think it's great. I love it. It was great. I like the big event. I like that it's special. I also like that like CBS did a good job before the game of footage from inside the stadium, outside the stadium. Uh, they had the set at the Bellagio. They had like you really could get the vibe of like Vegas Here's while the, you were watching. I thought it was fantastic. Here's the thing about CBS too, is that their entire roster, they have they don't have any superstars in terms of like I, I would actually I really like Nate Burleson. Um Burleson's really good. They don't have any like superstars, but they have just a loaded roster of like really rock solid people that you can put like you brought up earlier. Ian Eagle was doing the little part before yep. he hosts for a couple of hours. And then you just have this rotating cast of like bringing people through for that entire time. So they, I think, are one of the networks that are best equipped to handle the seven hour extravaganza. I think their group has the best mix of old guys old Super Bowl champs, yeah. old guys that have been around for a long time, and young guys who add something. And understand you know, like, the like, the new era. Fox yeah. has the mix, but like their but they, new guys are Gronk, and he adds nothing. Right. He's only there because he's famous. Right. He's not adding anything to their coverage. Exactly. But like the, the younger guys from CBS all bring something to the table, whether it be Burleson, uh, whether it be... Um, J.J. Watt was on the table. He, he was doing a good job. Hair. Yeah, yeah, that was wild. Yeah, it's like he was at a punk show from the mid two thousand. For him, um, yeah, I thought the coverage was really good until Romo hit the uh, broadcast desk. That was awkward. Did you when, watch any Nickelodeon? No. I thought you might be a prime Nickelodeon flip candidate. No, I I stuck through it. You know, Nickelodeon what? Sneaky may have had the better booth. They they probably did. And I, I, I say this very biased, uh, but uh, yeah, I think Nickelodeon may have had the better booth. No, I think they did. I 
the moment Romo and, and Nance started up, that's when the broadcast kind of lost its luster for me. But everything else, they I thought CBS did a good job. Now uh, you are a uh, you celebrate score bugs like no one else. I, yeah. I know this about you, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like to pay attention to the score bug. Uh, thoughts on the new score bug from Dud. CBS? Dud, Dud, <laughs> one of the worst I've seen ever. <laughs> Looked like it was out of a 90s video game. Did it seem pixelated to you? I didn't think it was pixelated. It was just so simpleton. On my screen, we're watching ESPN here in the Mm -hmm. studio, and we're watching Wake Forest Duke. On their score bug, see how crisp the the letters and the numbers are? For some reason, the entire broadcast on my TV looked great. But the score bug had like pixelation around it. It was a joke. I, was that usually? Was that a me thing? My, like my um, not to humble brag, but my, my TV's pretty new and pretty good, and it's usually things look very crisp. Like NBC usually has the NBC's best, the best. They but, are the golden standard. But the every CBS year. score bug looked like pixelated. It was. I'd have weird. to go back and look. I didn't. It wasn't. The blandness of it, maybe it just kind of blended into the fact that it was just the most beige-looking uh, score bug of all time. Like that's that to me maybe is why I didn't notice. It. Usher, good, bad. What do you, you think? Great. I thought he, I don't like Usher as as far as like a, I, I don't listen to his music. Uh, I know it, but I don't actively I it. seek it out. I don't turn it off. I don't turn it on. He did a really good job. I thought, I thought it was thought fantastic. Did, I thought he hit it out of the park. Uh, and I don't think now the pre stuff. There's a lot of Taylor conversation mm-hmm. during the game. They didn't talk about her. They showed her a lot. Them showing her in the booth doesn't really bother me as much as the conversation about it. They talked about the football in the game. Yeah. That was okay with me. Yeah, pre game I was there from one o'clock on. They there was a lot of conversation about Taylor. In fact, I would. Were you surprised that she got to the stadium like two and a half hours before Good the game? For her. That was wild. She was probably I, showing up with the team. But I was like, thinking to myself, like, what is she going to do for two and a half well, okay. hours? Think about it from her perspective, though. She's got two op- Being as famous as she is, she yeah. has two options. I either sit in my hotel room or I go to the game. Yeah. There's you, nothing else. Is, in Vegas, she can't do out. anything else no. when you're that famous. So she really only had two options of places to be. And if she's if it's her, like, I feel like you'd rather be at the game and socialize among with ice spice. Yeah, with ice spice. Yes, or with, with like, some of your friends at the spice. game. <laughs> and she walked in with ice spice and she walked in with um Blake Lively. Blake Lively. Blake yeah. Lively. What yeah. a squad. Mm-hmm. Well, Blake Lively's a long-time long-time friend. Yeah. She's always with Taylor Swift. So, mm-hmm. it, that's not a surprise. All right. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. More conversation about the Super Bowl and also the song of the night coming up next. Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Thank you to Charlie Bevins and to Kevin Zipak for producing tonight's show. Thank you to Tyler Aki filling in for Abdallah tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. At 7.30 right here on ESPN 1000. That's right. Tomorrow we'll have Bears Weekly. Uh, Thursday, there's uh, Northwestern Basketball. So Bears Weekly will be moved to Tuesday, which is tomorrow. Uh, So Black and will be on at 7.30 tomorrow night right here on ESPN 1000. Thank you, Tyler, for filling in for Abdallah. Anytime. 
We'll have the song of the night coming up in just a moment. But first, let's go to the phones at 312-332-3776. Josh and Juliet, you're on ESPN 1000. Hello, Josh. Yeah. How you doing? Um, I'm going to give you a little teaching lesson here on football. Okay. Number, number one, not just a center, but an offensive line. You need a center, a left guard, and a left tackle. That's why. Why do you need a left guard? Because who are you going to put in there? They're going to cut. Um, what's his face? Whitehair. Uh, he played center. He played center last year. I can't think of his name. Yeah, out. Cody Whitehair played a little yeah, bit Whitehair. of center. He's he's gone. But Tevin Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins was Tevin Jenkins was, a, well, Jenkins was great. Jenkins. They're both good. Jenkins is fine. Wright is fine. <laughs> But your center, your left guard, and your left tackle need to be replaced. Otherwise, Fields, who I think should stay, who's much better than Caleb Williams, Williams will be running for his life like Fields did for three years. Okay. Then you go for your other uh, rusher on the defensive line. Once you have that, then you can decide who your quarterback is going to be. If you want, Caleb Williams can't throw on the run, no accuracy, got a strong arm, but played in one of the worst Division One divisions in football, college football. You are correct. We need a new free safe, a new strong safety. Jackson's got to go. And then you do whatever you can for the receiver area. Got it. That's it. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate it. There he is, Josh and Joliet. He says that Tevin Jenkins is good, but the left guard needs to go, mm-hmm. which I'm, is Tevin Jenkins. He was giving out a lesson, and I am dropping the class. <laughs> I feel very taut. I appreciate the phone call. I, I'm drawing. not quite sure. Going I straight to my counselor. Like, Darnell Wright, Nate Davis, they're okay. Tevin Jenkins, Braxton Jones, they're okay. It's the center it's position. Center. Yeah. Don't you think that if nothing else, Caleb Williams can throw on the run? You would hope. Time for the song of the night. I want to rock! Hey, he can turn up the, the volume and don't touch that dial well. because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- uh, Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's song of the night. Yo, later. Tonight's song, we go to MIA. Paper Planes from 2008. It's your song of the night with Black and Abdullah, ESPN 1000. I fly like paper, get high like planes. If you catch me at the border, I got visas in my name. If you come around here, I'll make a more day. I get one down in a second if you wait. I fly like paper, get high like planes. If you catch me at the border, I got visas in my name. If you come around here, I'll make a more day. I get one down in a second if you wait. Sometimes I think sitting on trains. Every step I get to, I'm clocking that game. Everyone's a winner, we're making our fame. Bonafide hustler, making my name. Sometimes I think sitting on trains. Every step I get to, I'm clocking that game. Everyone's a winner, we're making our fame. Bonafide hustler, making my name.
Guess what? Airplane. Right, Airplanes. Here we go. Paper Planes by MIA. This song was released February 11th, so yesterday, in 2008. That's 16 wow. years ago yesterday. Does that make you feel old? It makes me feel old, yeah. <laughs> I remember listening. I would have been in, I think, fourth grade when this came out. Oh, no. Are you serious? I was in fourth grade, but I was listening. I remember I had like the little the little I home listening to to this song on the radio all oh, every single night. Fourth grade. I'd say this. This was one of those songs when it was released that like immediately you heard it everywhere in the bars. I was gonna say everyone loved it. Everyone loved it. I texted you when you said this is a song of the night. It's a great pick. Yeah, it, I mean it's good. I, uh, I don't know. It, 16 years ago today is is wild. I don't, I don't even want to ask Charlie what he was doing 16 years ago today. Sucking his thumb. Uh, yeah, I probably would have been like seven. <laughs> you should not have been sucking your thumb then. <laughs> or at that age. Oh, man, this is great. Yeah, so uh, 16 years ago yesterday, MIA released Paper Planes. A bit of a one-hit wonder, right? Like, yeah, I was just about to MIA say, done has MIA else? done anything? Let's see. I don't think so. I it was a, it was a big one hit wonder. Yeah, sometimes that's all you need. So you, you put go. this on anywhere, yeah. people will know. People, people will sing along. People are into it. MIA Paper Planes. It's your song of the night. volume and don't touch that dial because dial. it's time for what dial there's there's no dial on my phone yeah it's just an exp- ah, never mind. crank the volume because it's time for black and abdallah's song of the night yo later you can also hear tyler with waddle and sylvie weekdays from 3 to 6 30 and also saturdays with shay so make sure 11 a.m yeah make sure you check tyler out and also the golf show is about to return can't wait for that we'll talk to you guys soon you're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports.